This is Vermont Credit on Air, a service of the Association of Vermont Credit Unions. I'm Joe Bergeron, president of the association. Today we're talking financial literacy. That's because April is National Financial Literacy Month. And that started in 2003 as an effort to highlight the importance of financial literacy and helping Americans adopt and maintain healthy financial habits. Literacy is a tricky word. Being illiterate connotes an inability and, for some people, embarrassment. But when it comes to money, we can all be more literate. We can all improve our money practices and learn new things. The hardest part for most of us is asking for help. With me today are two financial experts who will share tips, stories, and resources for mastering your money. Beth Pierce is treasurer for the state of Vermont, and thank you for joining us, Beth. Thank you very it's, much. My pleasure. It's great having you here. Also with us is Yvonne Guerin. She's Senior Vice President of Marketing Business Development at VSCCU. Hello, Joe. Thank you, Yvonne. Thanks to both of you for, for joining me here today. It's great to have you both here, and you both have a lot of experience, both in financial services and finances for the state of Vermont and for consumers. And so it's great to be able to bring your knowledge together to share some insights for Vermont consumers. Uh, to get us started, I thought it might be good to begin with why Financial Literacy Month, this month, April, is important for Vermonters or anybody else for that matter. I think that starting it, we might want to say, what is financial literacy? Sure. And uh, it can mean different things for folks. It could be, uh, you know, uh, I, I want to get a home and I need some help in terms of um, uh, as, as a first home buyer and, or managing my credit. So a lot of folks come to uh, financial literacy by specific needs that they have. But I like a, a definition that I saw uh, in a Presidential Financial Literacy Commission several years ago. And financial literacy in that definition says means the ability to use knowledge and skills to manage financial resources effectively for a lifetime of financial well-being. Yeah, very good. I love that financial well-being part. You know, for me, you want it for yourself. Uh, that's why people come to those classes. That's why people come and learn about financial literacy. You want it for your family. You want it for your children. You want it for your relatives, your neighbors. As a treasurer, I want it for every single Vermonter because financial literacy to me is a win-win proposition. I talk about retirement a lot because we manage the retirement systems for the uh, state, the teachers, and the municipal systems. And people worry about having enough money in retirement. But if they have adequate and reliable income in retirement, they buy goods and services. And when they buy goods and services, they're part of the economic engine. They help create jobs. So to me, financial literacy is good for the individual. It's good for the state. And it's economic prosperity. And I'm all in. Excellent. <laughs> Any follow-up on that, Yvonne? Um, well, your question was why now. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that April... Um, has been identified as a month in the calendar year to raise this shared consciousness of financial literacy. Uh, but financial literacy is something that all of us as individuals are dealing with on a daily basis. Um, you know, if you have a debit card and you're swiping it at a Starbucks, if you are purchasing a vehicle, as Beth said, looking for a home, if you're out grocery shopping, you're paying your utilities, uh, you're looking for car insurance, when you as a consumer, uh, you're out there in the environment and you're trying to make decisions that uh, will really benefit your pocketbook best, you have to have, as Beth said, the knowledge and the understanding of how money works and how your financial decisions can either impact you positively 
or negatively. So I do like that April is a designated month to raise this shared consciousness. Um, however, all of us are involved in making those financial decisions on a daily basis. I like that. Every day is financial literacy month. Yeah, that's so. right. That's right. And, you know, the other thing that comes to mind every time I'm with anybody talking about financial literacy is that it's not just a um, – uh, a certain income demographic kind of issue. It, it crosses a spectrum from, from you know, the most wealthiest person to the opposite end of the spectrum. Um, you know, people often live beyond their means um, and don't manage their financial resources, whatever they may be, whether they're small or large. Um, and it seems like financial literacy is, is applicable to all Vermonters not just certain income categories. I think that's true. One of the statistics that I've read is that 22% of Vermonters spend more income than they generate. Uh, that's a problem because you're putting sure. it on your credit card and th there's an end point to that that's not going to be successful, mm -hmm. getting to your point about negative decisions or positive decisions. And uh, uh, we, we need to help get information out there through, through, through whether it's in the public sector, what we're doing, or, or what you're doing in terms of your, uh, the financial institution and education, uh, it's important to reach the all populations and also uh, develop financial skills at a very young age. I mean, the, the earlier the better. Mm. Um, I wonder how many listeners are parents and they've had children um, ask their mothers or fathers when you go to an ATM, where'd that money come from? Mm -hmm. Or mom, can't you just go to the ATM and get some money? Sure. My um, granddaughter said exactly that several years ago. Yeah. So, yes. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's an opportunity at a young age, you know, if you have a five, six, seven year old and they're asking, I mean, it looks so simple, right? You just stick this piece of plastic into a machine, push a button, and all of a sudden the green bills are coming out. Um, it's unfortunately money does not grow on trees. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, you know, I've, we, we did a survey several years ago and asked parents about their financial literacy skills, and they gave themselves a C or C minus, I believe. Wow. And children learn from their parents. Mm -hmm. And I think your point is right on there, that uh, we need to, need to develop programs that reach children, but also the, the, the folks, the role models, the parents and the guardians and the significant others that affect children's lives and uh, be able to, to meet across uh, you know, we, we concentrate in our office, as I said, a lot on, 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 on younger folks, uh, but college students, educating them about college debt and the, ch and the choices they're making, and educating adults and uh, the, your customers that you know, come in here and, uh, and use your services, uh, getting information out to them that uh, is helpful in, the, in making those mm -hmm. positive or negative decisions. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I think has changed in the last 20, 25 years since I've been here at the credit union is the evolution of technology and technology adoption. And, you know, I might be showing my age with this comment, but I'm going to look at you, Beth, and I'm going to ask you, do you still reconcile your check checking account? I knew account? you were going to ask that. <laughs> you know? And when I talk, uh, I, you know, I'm a little older, I'm in the baby boomer generation, and I, when I used to talk to folks about financial literacy, I'd say, you know, uh, balancing your checkbook. And I'd get this blank stare mm -hmm. back at me, like, what's a checkbook? What's a checkbook? Right. You know, it, uh, right. It's a very different with electronic so, processing Right, so now. it is different, because I still do balance my, my checkbook every month, and my kids will ask, why, Mom? You can just go on, you know, bill pay or your online banking. Um, so as convenient as technology is for us as consumers. I think to your point about 
education and early education um, is to make sure that we're not relying on technology in a way that impedes our ability to understand how money actually works That's in our system. That's a really good point. When you, when you have technology that does all these things for you and you're not getting into what are those steps and understanding the implications in terms of your own balance sheet at home, right. in, in terms of your household budget mm -hmm. if you're, you're, uh, you're an adult, or uh, if you're a child, uh, uh, saving for that allowance uh, uh, for some, some larger um, expenditure down the road or things along that line. Mm -hmm. I always remember a story I, I heard of uh, a dad who had young children at home who um, were always uh, commenting to him, like you said, Yvonne, you know, well, why can't you just go to the ATM machine and get more money out of it, you know, all the time for whatever they were talking about and everything. And to uh, kind of instill some understanding of finances, uh, he came home one payday from wherever he worked, um, and then he came home with all of his take-home pay in the form of dollar bills oh. uh, wrapped up in like tens or something like that. And by the time his kids got home, he had it all stacked on the table in front of them. So, of course, it looked like a very large pile of money. And they thought, oh, wow, you know, we won, you know, the lottery or something. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this big pile of money on the kitchen table or whatnot. And he explained to them how, well, we're going to go through and pay all of our bills for the month. And then whatever's left over, you can use to do or we can use to do, you know, whatever, entertainment kind of stuff or, or buy something or whatnot. And so he went through with them and explained and started taking away money like you would in like Monopoly or something to pay what he said was the mortgage and the utility bill and the insurances and the loan for their car and so on and so forth. And the pile got very small very fast, of course. Um, and he was saying how, you know, that was a real lesson for his kids because it was a real visual right in front of them mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, things are not what they appear to be. So an ATM machine is not just, mm -hmm. you know, a money tree, for example, in your example, Yvonne. Um, and, uh, you know, he said, you know, something that stuck with them for the rest of their, their lives. Yeah. I think helping children at an early age, we have a program we call Reading is an Investment, and it's a, a program that encourages reading, which we think is great. Uh, uh, I still like the, the book in my hand, mm -hmm. just for the record. I'm a little older and the technology there. But, uh, uh, and it encourages financial literacy. So, you know, you're not going to give a child, uh, this is a program from kindergarten through the sixth grade. You're not going to give a child a book uh, about uh, asset allocation in their retirement fund. Sure. Uh, but it might be about the bunny that saves versus the bunny that didn't. Uh, we had one book about a lemonade stand and getting that started. Uh, we, were, we were really pleased. We got a letter from some students in an elementary school in Burlington that uh, did a lemonade stand, and after that they took the, uh, the profits and they gave it to a local charity. Mm -hmm. uh, so we ended up with over 5,600 children finishing the program and we estimate probably 12,000 uh, or more that actually participated in awesome. one way or another. That's great. It's, a, it, it's just a way of getting that message out there in, in short pieces that they can understand and also, as I said, encouraging uh, children to read. So, Beth, I'm just wondering if readers um, have an understanding of how your office um, actually provides value to Vermonters and learning how to more effectively manage their money. So your your office actually does quite a bit in terms of education, yes? Yes, we started a, a program in 2007. We, uh, my predecessor, Treasurer Jeb Spalding, mm -hmm. uh, initiated that. And what we were looking at is essentially that gap that we talked about, that people need to have uh, financial literacy and it's good for the state, it's a win-win. Uh, we have a staff of one, maybe one and a half, you know, an intern, uh, but uh, 
So we're not going to be out there doing all these different programs. So the way we try to do it is through advocacy, you know, promoting financial literacy and ra raising awareness. Second is collaboration, working with different groups. Jumpstart is one, working uh, with the credit union, working with banks, working with a variety of different um, uh, financial institutions and groups to, uh, to, to collaborate on projects. And where we see a need, where there's a gap, we do our own development, such as the reading and investment program. But we don't want to replicate what's already out there, and we want to work with groups to, um, to identify that. And again, there are different space uh, areas of people. We're not going to do the work, you know, uh, um, going into the workplace and doing that uh, where, where, uh, where financial institutions might want to do seminars and things along that line. Sure. Uh, we, we work together on that. Uh, um, Yvonne, we were very much involved with a program, a financial literacy commission, uh, and uh, I co-chaired that with John Pelletier from right. uh, Champlain College, and, uh, and we you did folks good were work. Very, did very good work. Mm -hmm. I'm very proud of the, and the time that you spent on that, you know, because uh, you know it, um, it's not easy to find time in your day to do those types of things, and very much appreciated your, uh, uh, oh. your involvement in that. Well, thank you. Well, thank you, and um, the work is really a testament to I mean, there were how many people on that commission? Eleven or twelve of us? Uh, Do you remember? I don't remember. So I think eleven or twelve. <laughs> I'm usually and, better with numbers <laughs> than that, but that's okay. <laughs> um, and we all came from different walks of life, with with a shared purpose, um, which I think is demonstrative of the fact that there are many different thought leaders and individuals within the state that are trying to work together to scale up the knowledge for, for more Vermonters. Um, I think in our state, I'm not, I'm not sure, but I think we lack scale and capacity, which makes it difficult. Um, but the work that we did together on that committee that you uh, co-chaired, I think is um, a wonderful illustration of how when people can come together and not necessarily have to rely on legislation and other mandates, that when people come together, um, good positive output can happen. I think that's really important and the collaboration was definitely there. We ended up kind of breaking into different groups for, uh, for, for children, for, for college students mm -hmm. and adults and looking at our, um, our, at our skill sets there. And uh, um, we ended up doing a couple of um, product, products out of that. One is that uh, we're working on a website right now that will be hosted on the treasurer's office, but it's an interagency with other state agencies and putting information out there and uh, a partnership on that to, uh, so that you can go out. And uh, it's going to be called mymoney.vermont.gov. It's going to be up later in the summer. Uh, but in the meantime, if you want information on, on our programs, uh, you can go to www.vermonttreasurer.gov and take a look at those, uh, those programs. So it was really a, a financial resource. You can put in what you're looking for for types of programs uh, or, or do it geographically, and we're very, very interested in that um, and, and looking forward to getting that. So that was one of the outputs from that, that commission. Uh, and uh, 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 something that we're really proud of and putting some real, real time mm -hmm. into getting that up and running. So I'm glad you both m mentioned about that Financial Literacy Commission on the report that came out of that. It's been a while since I read that report, but um, are there any um, points from that report, um, not, not the, the end products, but you know, information about Vermont's financial literacy overall, level of financial literacy among consumers or whatnot that kind of sticks out in your memory a little bit? So, Good, bad, or indifferent. So Beth, um, she may have more um, statistical information that she can share, but what I want to share, uh, the greatest takeaway for me, 
was that as part of this process, uh, we opened up every meeting with uh, testimony from different individuals around the state, right. from different segments of the population. Uh, the greatest takeaway for me was that regardless of who was presenting and giving testimony, everyone shared with us a need that existed, whether it was a representative from um, you know, the college cohort, the immigration population, the elderly, uh, middle class, um, you know, the representatives in our elementary schools. Uh, that to me, Beth, was the greatest takeaway that it's, it really is a ubiquitous issue. It's really not um, isolated to just one population. Would, would you agree? Uh, absolutely. Getting back to your point, uh, uh, Joe, you know, it is it does touch every Vermonter. And the downside of that is uh, some of our survey work with the commission, we found that 22% of Vermonters, only 22%, have participated in some type of financial education mm -hmm. opportunity, whether it's in school or college or the workplace. we got to do better than 22%. Mm -hmm. And uh, we need to find ways that we can continue to collaborate and work together to, to, um, to, to, uh, to improve that. Now, for instance, in the schools, uh, we've seen some increase uh, in, uh, in uh, financial literacy programs. Uh, uh, Winooski has a very uh, vibrant um, uh, financial literacy program, and uh, as do other schools, and we're seeing more of that and building that into your economics class or your math class. You know, math can be a little dry, uh, putting a little bit of financial literacy into it sure. and using your experiences uh, sure. uh, might uh, might spice it up a little bit. So, you know, one area that I think we've probably all read more about recently in, in, in the press and the various forms of the media um, is um, elder uh, abuse, financial mm -hmm. abuse. Mm -hmm. And I presume that there was always some level of that going on uh, for as long as we've all been working in the jobs that we're in. But it seems like it's really, either it's really heightened or there's a lot more attention given to it. Well, and late. we have an aging yeah. demographic. So I think True. that it's possible that we're going, going to see more incidents of potential elder financial abuse. That seems like a real challenging area to me because unlike you know f learning good financial habits and practices there's a lot of individuals out there that are preying on elderly individuals mm -hmm. who um, you know may not have the aptitude all of the time to be able to you know detect that someone is trying right. to take advantage of them mm -hmm. and it's become a real problem i know yvonne you know working in a credit union in financial services has become a mm -hmm. real problem and a heightened mm -hmm. alert for banks, credit unions, and all kinds of financial service providers. I think the consumer division in the attorney general's office does some work right. on that as well. Right. It's uh, not something that we're specifically right. involved in, but I know that they, they are involved in that, and um, uh, we need to do more to protect, uh, uh, and I think that um, uh, the attorney general is, is clearly um, driven to make sure that we, we protect all of our citizens and uh, working on that. The other issue is financial, is, is elderly bankruptcy. I read a hmm. fairly alarming mm. report that that's doubled or tripled um, over since 19, the 1990s. Mm. And getting back to your point about our demographic, we really need to make sure that uh, uh, we, we provide uh, the opportunities, again, for that lifetime of financial well-being, uh, mm -hmm. whether it's through enforcement 
uh, making mm -hmm. sure that those scams are, um, the people are protected from those scams, and that they have the financial resources so that they they can live um, those uh, those golden years um, in um, uh, some sense of uh, financial um, uh, well-being. Mm -hmm. Good point. Good point. Definitely. Um, so we have a very few minutes left. Um, anything either one of you would uh, recommend to Vermonters in general that they, uh, you know, to someone that um, doesn't know where to turn or or has some problems that they're trying to rectify and, and whatnot, any any few things that jump out at your head that you'd, you'd want to make sure people know about? Well, I'll just start by saying that Money Matters is very complex because depending on where you are in your um, life cycle sure. <laughs> here on Earth, um, your needs are going to vary throughout the course of your decades in your life. Um, you know, you started uh, the podcast by saying that Beth and I might share a couple of tips. Uh, because of the complexity of money and financial literacy, there's in technology and scams. I mean, there's just so much that you need to know and understand in order to really take care of yourself and to get to that place of financial well-being and sustainability. I always say start by investing in yourself first and foremost. Uh, we are just coming off you know, 10 years of what we call a very robust credit cycle mm -hmm. where the interest rates have been very, very low, which has been a benefit for people who need to borrow money, but it has not been very good for our Vermont citizens who've sure. been trying to save money. Sure. Now that tide is turning a little bit, but um, who knows? I, I don't have a crystal ball. Um, it may very, be very short term. Um, but if But people really should Think about investing in themselves first and foremost. So I always say if you if you get a raise at your job, take that amount and just tuck it away through direct deposit. This is where technology can play a great benefit in investing in yourself, uh, sight unseen. Um, if you, you know, if you are in high school and you get a $50 check, you know, in your birthday card, put it away and save. I'm actually very, very concerned, not just with the uh, elderly segment in Vermont, um, but because of affordability issues, I'm very concerned about um, very many different Vermonters not having the capacity to save and to be able to live a sustainable life mm. in Vermont. No, I think uh, I was going to say pay yourself first. I like invest better, so mm. thank you very mm -hmm. much. But, I, you know, pay yourself first and same thing. Take that... Uh, uh, put some of those dollars away. You know, there are challenges. We have uh, at different points in our lives, getting to your point too, that it's multi-generational. Um, you know, people have health care challenges. They have uh, retirement security challenges. They have housing challenges. Uh, students that have uh, um, uh, education debt. And the more that you know, you can make that money work for you. And I think that that's extraordinarily important, getting that message out, providing the resources, again, working with our partners, working with financial institutions, working with Jumpstart, working with uh, uh, the Center for Financial Literacy over at Champlain College, um, working with groups that, that go into the workplace to do financial literacy, working with New Americans. It's really important that we get the message out that invest in yourself and look for that path to that lifetime of financial security and financial well-being. Do you both think too many people see it as a, a, a dark cloud, so to speak, to go when, when they have or they're carrying, you know, an undesirable amount of debt uh, of one sort or another? 
um, unable to save, like all the articles tell them they should mm -hmm. be doing, and they're just frustrated. And yet, they feel like there's a dark cloud hanging over their head if they go talk to someone in where whoever their financial institution is, or, or you know, a state agency, or or even like a neighbor. Um, it seems like it's an embarrassment for a lot of people, and and yet it. It probably shouldn't be. I mean, you don't have to reveal all of your personal situation, but, um, you know, particularly with your financial institution, you ought to feel comfortable saying, I need a little bit of guidance yeah. on direction here. I mean, I think money is a very personal and emotional connection to our identity. Right. Um, you know, that old saying, don't judge a book by its cover. Um, there are individuals that you may look at and you may think, oh, that individual must be so financially secure, and he or she may not be. Right. Um, and just the opposite. You may look at someone and, you know, you quickly make a first impression. You think, oh, that poor person must not have a good job. You know, they look like they sure. probably are not living in a very sustainable home. And it's just the opposite. Right. Um, so money is very, very personal. And there's such a strong emotional connection to money. My recommendation and advice to listeners would be um, reach out to your local community bank and credit union because those individuals are there to help you. Um, and if you don't ask and use your voice for help, then you may inadvertently get yourself deeper, deeper into trouble. Mm -hmm. Because again, with technology and with all of the direct mail that we get, these big credit card companies, you know, there are many companies out there that have data and information about us that is legal information that they're using to target market to us. It's very, very easy today to obtain credit. And um, I especially see it. I have many nieces and nephews who will say, oh, Yvonne, what do you think of this great rewards card that, that I'm going to get? And I'll say, well, what's the interest rate? Well, I don't know. And then I have to show them on the disclosure that it's risk-based pricing. You could be paying up to 29%. And the response is, yeah, but if I, if I spend X hmm. amount of money, I'll get 200 points. And then I try to break it down mathematically and say, yeah. well, how much did you actually right. pay for that 200 points? Right. So my advice is, you know, Yes, it may feel like it's a dark cloud, but, but there are many institutions out there who will hold your information in confidence. Sure. They are there to help you, and don't be afraid to walk into the, your local bank or credit union and ask for help. Yeah. That parent that you mentioned early on about uh, putting the money on the table, <laughs> yes. that was fantastic. And I think that, uh, as I said, most parents... Uh, or guardians are looking and saying, uh, number one, money's personal, as you pointed out, and that, you know, they may not want to talk about their finances with their children, uh, but right. they can have such an influence on their children. So I would encourage folks to, adults to, to, to get involved in learning about financial literacy, working through the financial institutions, working through workplace um, um, uh, opportunities, uh, look at our website uh, as we get that thing moving. Uh, you know, and, and, and talk to your children about it. Uh, help them build those skills and be less shy about that because, mm -hmm. again, I agree with you. It's a very emotional subject. Uh, people don't want to talk about their salary or their debt right. or, or what that might be. There's an embarrassment to it. But reach out uh, because the only way it's going to improve is by taking that step. And uh, uh, for me, we want to make sure that the resources are there and, and uh, help uh, Vermonters have um, uh, have financial security. Now, Beth, I have a question for you because we were talking earlier, and I know you love to read. Did you ever read a book called The Millionaire Next Door? 
I did think not. Stanley Thomas, I think. Did you, Joe? No. no. Um, if, if I recall correctly, I read it many, many years ago for anyone listening. It is called The Millionaire Next Door, and I think it is Stanley Thomas, a um, multimillionaire who wore a Timex watch all the time and drove, you know, a vehicle that was 15, 20 years old. Um, and I, and for me, that is um, so interesting when I talk about don't judge a book by its cover, that emotional connection to, to money. Um, try not to value yourself based on, you know, your attire, the size of the house that you have, whether or not you're driving a new vehicle or a used okay. vehicle. Think about money as a way to um, experience life connecting it to your passions and your dreams versus the things that you think you need in life. Absolutely. Uh, I see younger folks uh, spending a lot of money on uh, whatever electronic toys. And I, and I look and say, there's something else out there. And I agree with you that look for that passion and what you want to do with your life. Mm -hmm. And uh, money is a and financial literacy is a, is a tool to help you get to those things mm -hmm. and, fulfill well said. and fulfill your passions. Very well. Thank you very much. I'm going to read that well book, said. too. It's been a great discussion, ladies. Thank you for all of your comments and insights. And, and as a reminder, and you said it earlier, Beth, but there's a lot of resources at the uh, State of Vermont Treasurer's website at mm -hmm. vermonttreasurer.gov, right? That is correct. Um, look forward to your, your rollout of your new website, We're too. looking right. forward to that. Take a look in the summer, that. And, and that, again, is an output for, uh, of cooperation between a variety of agencies because of the good work of the commission. Yeah. So, again, thank you, Yvonne, for yeah. your participation. Well, great, and thank you to both of you for taking time to, uh, to speak with us today. Uh, with that, we've reached the end of another Vermont Credings on Air podcast and hope you found it informative. You can hear all of our previously recorded podcasts by searching for Vermont Credings on Air in the iTunes store or at soundcloud.com. If you have ideas for a podcast on something you'd like to hear about, send it to podcast at Vermont Credit Unions with an S dot co-op. Until our next podcast, this is Joe Bergeron with Treasurer Beth Pierce. Beth Pierce, yes, and Yvonne Guerin. Thank you. At the Association of Mont Credit Unions, thanking you all for listening. <laughs> <laughs>